Amen. Thank you, Tyler and Tracy. I uh, just want to share what we're going to do tonight uh, so y'all can know. Uh, first off, as I prayed about, you know, I thought about, I can't remember uh, Ash Wednesday falling on Valentine's Day. But to me, it's, it's in some ways very appropriate because our culture does talk about love so much. Uh, and Lent is really a focus on God's love for us, uh, ultimately in not just sending His Son, uh, but His Son Christ dying for us. And so today we start that journey, ultimately to the empty tomb. Uh, we love that song, uh, that He was raised, but before the empty tomb came the cross. And so we're journeying together as a church, as a church family, uh, to the cross. Uh, my goal, or one of my goals for tonight, is simply to be helpful for you. Helpful. Uh, and to be helpful, uh, what I've done is uh, made a, uh, an outline, but it's not just for tonight. Uh, I was thinking about, and I hope it's going to be out in the foyer, maybe on Sunday morning, but something that you can turn to throughout this season of Lent uh, to turn to Christ as we turn from our sin. So this is not just like an outline for tonight, which it is, but it's more, and I'm going to be having it, maybe put it on our fridge, uh, throughout Lent to think about, to reflect upon. Uh, We also have, I don't have one here, but this... 40 Days of Prayer Journal. Uh, And and I'll say this about uh, the prayer journal. Um, One, that corporately it was really uh, together as a staff and some other folks. I'm so thankful God put this on our heart. Uh, But second, I was so blessed in reading these individual prayers uh, as pastor of this church. Uh, It truly reflects uh, the body of Christ that is here, the diversity of our people and I got to read them from who wrote them. So I know on here they're anonymous. But not only are they just beautiful prayers, but they just reflect the diversity of how uh, the Lord has uh, brought people here, different interests, uh, different, different things that God's calling on people to pray for that we can pray together. So it's not just for Bellwether Church. Uh, I know my wife said she's going to be giving it out to everybody she knows. But it is for... For us here to take each day and to pray a specific prayer. If you want to read the way through it, you can. But each day, hopefully in your devotion time, read the prayer, meditate upon the prayer, pray the prayer. And I do believe, not just that prayer changes, but going through this uh, together as a church family uh, will change us. Thanks, Neil. So I want to be helpful. So if you've got one of these sheets, good. If you don't, uh, pick one up. Uh, Also... I often will, will preach and I'll take a passage of Scripture. I'm not doing that tonight. Uh, tonight is a theme, an idea, and that is repentance. Repentance. Uh, really, Lent is about repentance, turning uh, from our sin, giving up our sin, turning to God. Uh, let me be honest. This is a really hard topic for me. Not that I don't understand repentance, but I really like sin, Okay. And I do. And if we're honest, all of us do. Uh, that there are things that the world would say are pleasing to us, and we buy into that lie, and we live in sin. And to turn from that is hard and painful. 
Uh, that's why Lent throughout church history, and this is not like a, just a particular denominational thing, or I mean, Lent goes back to the early church leading up to the cross and to Easter. So it's hard thinking about the sins, and they are many, uh, that I need to turn from and to turn uh, to God. Often in Lent, I was talking to a couple folks for lunch. You know, it's about we give something up, but then day after Easter, we pick it up again. Okay? Uh, I know I've done that. And we say, we're going to change in Lent, but it's really not true change. It's not true gospel change. So tonight, the theme of repentance is tied to true gospel change forever uh, in this life, in the life to come. And, and that's, that's my other goal, that the beginning of some true gospel change would take place in your hearts. And we've got a very practical way for that to happen at the close of the service. So I'm going to talk and, and go through some things about repentance. Uh, but after that, and I'm going to say this now because I'd like you to be thinking about it, what do you need to turn from? Uh, what sin or idol, and I'm going to be talking about idols, do you need to turn away from as we turn to God? Uh, what do you, in, in practical terms, need to give up? But let me say it better. What do, you, what do you need to give to Jesus? So after I finish talking, I'm going to offer an invitation where, and we've done this before, uh, you can take a card, you can write what you want to give to Jesus, but not keep it. We got hammer and nails, and uh, at least one of us will, because I know I am. I'm gonna hammer what I one thing I'm giving to Jesus uh, on that cross, and we'll lay it down right here. So I'd love for you, uh, as the Spirit leads you, uh, to be thinking about what's the idol, uh, and I'm gonna define that more that I need to to give up. What do I need to turn away from, and and also. I think we're going to do this same thing uh, every Sunday morning through Lent while we take communion. As in, like, you're going to have an opportunity to, uh, to nail it to the cross each Sunday. And I'm going to be get so I got, there's six Sundays, you know, probably two a Sunday. You know, there's about 12 sheets or little cards that will be mine on that cross. And I want to see it filled. If we need another cross, we'll get another cross. Uh, and then Easter morning, we're going to blank that cross in a white sheet because those sins are covered by Jesus. Amen. So let's be thinking about that, and let's pray about that, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Heavenly Father, all of us have many idols that we need to turn away from. Some of those are physical, um, that we may think are physical needs of, of food, of, of clothing, of appearance, of sex. Uh, some of those are um, uh, mental emotional idols of, of approval, of uh, an idol of uh, what looks like the perfect family, uh, our version of white picket fence. Uh, our idol may just be um, the idea of, of, of rest, which is good, but just continual rest of, of trips and fun, and, you know, and it's never enough. We know that. So I just pray that you convict us of exactly what we need to give to you and to, to do it in faith uh, that your grace covers all, uh, our sin, our idols, uh, and that in you, Jesus, they are they're truly washed away and that we experience real gospel change, 
not just cultural change of giving something up for a few weeks, but that uh, your spirit fills us uh, and you, you change us where, where the sin is dead and our, our bodies and our minds and our hearts are filled with real life uh, that is in you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I uh, just want to talk about the word I've used, change, change, and talk about real uh, gospel change, okay? And I want to define this, and I'll break it down, and uh, this is on the sheets. But uh, first, if we say uh, we're going to change, uh, we're going to change the Christian, or we are a Christian, it's like, well, I want to change. What should be the goal of change? And maybe this is a small change in Lent, or maybe it's, you know, we're like, man, I'm going to make a big life change. Well, what is the goal? Because uh, there's got to be a goal. The Bible spells it out for us. The goal is to be like Jesus. The goal is to be more like Jesus. Uh, some scripture that I've, I've got for you, 1 John 2.6, makes it pretty clear. The one who says he remains in Jesus should walk as he walked. That was very convicting uh, for me as I saw it and wrote it down. Uh, it is now, because I say I remain in Jesus. Do I walk as he walked? Uh, we say we're Christian. Do we walk as the Lord walked? Philippians 2.5, adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Uh, again, and this is if we call ourselves Christians, and I, I actually believe that most everybody here would call themselves Christian. I mean, you know. You know, like the real Christians who come out on Wednesday night church or, you know, eat special service. So what's our attitude like? Is our attitude that of Christ Jesus? Or are we always walking around with an attitude um, that really leads to self, self-interest? It's, it's sobering. It's humbling. But that is, that's, that's no excuse. I always use that excuse. Well, it's, that's good, but I, mean, I can't do that or I can't yet. The Bible's clear. The goal of change is to move towards being like Christ. Now, what is, if we change, what's the source, the source of change? And this is something that I know from my life, I, I continually get wrong. And I think a lot of Christians get wrong uh, because I, I actually pride, and there's a sinful word there, I pride myself uh, on working hard and being diligent and, and putting forth a lot of effort, and, and I do that in my Christian life. And that's not the source of change. The source of true gospel change is not our work. It's not our effort. Uh, it's not white-knuckling it. The source of change is God's grace. God's grace. We confuse this, and, and it's probably the best way I, I could put it. We think becoming a Christian is up to God. Well, God, God did it. God saved me. We think remaining a Christian is up to us. I got to do my Bible reading. I got to do my devotion. I got to come to church. Uh, I got to. I got to do this. That it's up. To, and that's that's not true. The true source of real change, real gospel change, is grace. Grace that is in us. Grace that's working in us. And us focusing on that grace too. That God gave it all. That God's loving us unconditionally. That doesn't mean he loves us unconditionally, only like before we were saved, before we became a Christian, but now as we are going and growing in, in the trials and in the, the tough days of life, that God's grace is not just evident, it's abundant always. Some scripture here, 
Hebrews 12, 2, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source, and we get that pretty well as Christians, but also the perfecter of our faith. Philippians 2, 12 through 13, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. Have you ever thought about that? That maybe, maybe the trials you're going through, that it might even be those trials are God's good pleasure to see this new work in your heart and mind and life. That a trial, dare we say it, even is God's grace, God's gift. So grace doesn't just happen like we receive Christ and like even in the growth, and growth comes in pain, God's grace is evident. So this is, this is probably the most important thing tonight because uh, we can think, well, I'm going I'm to give this up and I'm going to work and again, white knuckle it. Uh, we'll end up back where we started. Only by relying on God's grace the gift of his son, the gift of his spirit, the gift of his church, the gift of everything, gift of life, the gift of him growing us. It's when we're truly changed. The primary tool, if the goal is to be like Jesus, if the source of God's grace, we do have a tool. I'm not talking about the hammer, okay? The tool is God's word and scripture, but not just God's word and scripture, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I say those together as combined. Uh, a Bible verse, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training uh, in righteousness. Now, with scripture and the Holy Spirit, often we can say, okay, we read the Bible, I feel the Holy Spirit. It's not either of those, uh, it is, it's both together. And, and I believe we really are able to use the tool, okay? Uh, and, you know, I don't have fine motor skills. So I use a lot of tools very uh, improperly. Amen? <laughs> Not the handyman. But to properly use the tools God's given us. Uh, We've got to have an openness of heart that we can open up God's word. And in faith, uh, his grace is revealed. His spirit is revealed. Um, and I'm not talking about just a verse that makes us feel good. I'm talking about all of Scripture, that's why, you know, really encourage us to go through the Bible together every year to teach from the Bible uh, regularly. But these are the, these are the tools, and it, it takes this openness to God's Word, an openness to the Spirit together that God will reveal. And then there is a, uh, I, love, uh, I love using this word, a battlefield. And I think of it like, a, well, honestly, like a football field. There, there's a field of battle, a field of competition uh, there is an enemy. That enemy is after something in you, in me, and we are in this fight. There's a, there's a battle that's being waged. Where is that happening? Uh, it's in your heart. It's in my heart. Uh, the battlefield for change is our heart. Uh, Jesus, going back to Scripture, he's very clear about uh, where evil comes from, uh, where uh, the enemy likes to strike, and it's in the heart. Luke 6.45, a good person produces good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil 
out of the evil stored up in his heart, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Romans one twenty one, and actually Romans most of Romans one talks about this, but just one verse. Though they knew God, and that can be said of many of us, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. For how many of us could that be true? We know God, but we're not giving him glory with the gifts he's given. And we're not showing him gratitude because we're like, man, i got a tough break in life. I'm bitter. Um, I'm in real trouble. I'm in real pain. I don't want to show you gratitude. I don't believe you're a giver of good gifts. Instead, their thinking becomes worthless, and their senseless hearts were darkened, become darkened. So a battle's being waged in your heart. I say this because I know it, I believe it to be true. Um, it is of the devil, it's sin that is in us. We have a tool for change, we have a source for change, we have a plan for change to be like Jesus, but the battle is being waged. So the first thing I believe we have to do, uh, yes, it's faith, but we're, we're brothers and sisters here. We, we already got the faith. We believe. So that's why I don't say the first step is faith here, okay? I'm talking to us as, as believers for real change, true change, gospel change. The first step or discipline is this word repentance, to, to repent. And that is to, that is to turn from the idols in our heart. I say idols, I don't say sin. So sin's general. All of us are sinful. Jesus came to save sinners, that's all of us. But we have idols. So I really want you to start thinking about what is my idol? And often we say the word idol and we think about, or I think about like, uh, I think about Greece or Rome or something or some statue that people worshiped, uh, which is true. But to break that down, that statue is a created thing that people went to worship. So these created things that we worship, we even substitute them for God. So what is an idol? An idol is whatever you say to yourself. You say, I've got to have this. I've got to have it. I've got to have this job. I've got to have this child. I've got to have uh, this house. Um, I've got to to live in this city. Uh, I've got to have these friends. I've got to have this social network. I've got to have this promotion. Uh, it's, it's, whatever, it, it's whatever we think about most when we're daydreaming, honestly. So, so what do you think about when you daydream? Uh, I often, when I daydream, don't just think about God. Um, I think about my idols. So the idols of our heart uh, is we substitute them for God. We say, this will complete me. And we say, God, you're not going to complete me just by having this. And here, too, especially in um, uh, our, lovely, our lovely Bible Belt place, we'll easily, and you can easily, use God to get your idol. You know, if it's reputation, even if it's business contacts, uh, even if it is um, just, just the look of having a good life, you use God to get what really completes us. And so the first step to real change is to turn from that idol and turn to God. The truth of the tool for change says that nothing created is going to complete us. The source for change, God's grace, is saying, I'm the giver of all things. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide all you need. 
He's already provided all we need. I mean, he honestly has already provided all we need if what we need is salvation uh, here on this earth and forever and eternity. He's already given us everything. That he's the giver of good gifts. But we buy into the lie and our heart buys into the lie that we need things, we substitute things, and we, we worship other things. So again, be thinking about what do I need to turn from? What do I need to give to Jesus? And sometimes, let me emphasize this. You can come up to the cross and you can nail something down. And it's an easy thing. You can be like, you know, this, I can do this. I'm not talking about that. For the real gospel, it's the big thing. It's the thing you're now thinking, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to nail that to the cross. I don't want to turn away from that. And that's exactly what needs to be hammered into the wood on the cross. Uh, this line, it's most important why I put it in bold and highlight true repentance. True repentance is not based on work or effort. Uh, true repentance is not for show. Because sometimes we want to show God or we want to show others. True repentance relies on God's grace. Break that down. What does that mean? God's the giver of all gifts. He's given me everything. That shows our faith. I believe God's given me everything. Scripture and the Holy Spirit to turn from idols. And as we turn from idols, we begin putting that sin to death. Putting it to death. Um, Next page, if you're following me. I wanted to give us, um, and preaching myself here, I wanted to give myself some practical ways to repent daily. Because this, can be, this can be a powerful time, regardless of, of where you are in life, how your day's been, who's here. Um, you know, we're going to close, we're going to pray, we're going to, um, at least I think some will, you know, give it to the Lord, give it to Jesus. Um, I, we've had this service before, it's very powerful just hearing the nail and the hammer strike it. Uh, but past this, in these 40 days, past these 40 days, past, you know, Easter's great too, and then Monday cometh, and we're back to square one. What are some practical steps daily that we could do? Again, my, my goal here, I just want to, be, I want to be helpful for me, for us, that we can keep putting sin to death, to keep turning from these idols to the Lord. Um, and so I listed a few. One regular, and I'd say daily, self-examination. Uh, now, often we'll self-examine, like, sin in general. Be like, yes, God's covered me. And I know I'm a sinner. We use that excuse, God saved me. But I'm also talking specific. And, and I think a good, um, a good step, a good discipline uh, that I could do, that you could do, uh, is each night uh, do an exercise. Um, you know, were my thoughts and actions today pleasing to God. Which ones were not? Uh, and, then, and then give them to God. Say, God, work on me on this. Help me change this. Each day, a, a daily exercise. I think it's, you know, it's best at the end of the day. Regular self-examination. Uh, another one, uh, and this is big, identify the idols under our behavior and actions. And so I listed three behaviors and actions, and there could be many more, but I listed three of which I think are um, maybe some of the biggest in my life, some of the biggest in others whom I've pastored, anger, worry, shame. So let's just take those, okay? So anger, worry, shame is, is a behavior, is an action. But what's the idol under that action? For example, you get angry at someone. Well, maybe the idol underneath is they weren't really showing me you know, good self-respect. Uh, 
And so my idol is that, you know, I need to be respected and I need to be uh, esteemed. And so that idol is respect, esteem, uh, status. This is one example. Uh, worry. Uh, I worry about uh, my kids, you know, not, not fitting in or not being part of the right crowd. What's the idol underneath that? The idol is that, you know, you want the perfect social network or you want the perfect uh, look of the family or, you, you know, you think that those right friends and maybe the right uh, parents' friends is, is going to complete you. Shame. Shame, not feeling you're, uh, you're not just not feeling you're up to snuff, not feeling good enough. Um, maybe from past actions, maybe from things you hear growing up. Um, the idol in that is, you know, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to, you know, be the most athletic or most academic or, you know, best professional and. You know, I've got to hit the mark every time and just run in a rat race, and, and that's, that's the idol. And so when you miss the mark, as we all do, have that feeling, that behavior of, of shame. So think about the actions that you have, those feelings. What's underneath that? Uh, really consider that. Those are the idols, okay? Um, we hardly ever do this, or at least I hardly ever. You may. But think about the cost of sin, we, like we'll say, I'm a sinner, we're all sinners, we sin, but sin costs something. Uh, both the action of sin, when we, we sin explicitly someone, there's a cost, sometimes they're broken relationships, but the sin, the sin in all of us costs something. First, uh, it leads to guilt, but we forget that Jesus paid it all on the cross, that he covers our guilt and our shame. But the cost in being sinful, and these idols will lead to guilt. It leads to danger, very real danger. I believe if idols are not confronted, I mean, they're going to bring some type of ruin, even if you still look good and perfect. And there's a danger to not, not dealing with it and not confronting it. And also, the Bible says it's, it's, sin is evil. Actions of sin are evil. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Um, that the Holy Spirit is even, um, you know, it, it, I won't say not able, but is not close with us. And so therefore not being as close with us, the Spirit's not going to be able to do what the Spirit could do in your, in your heart, in your life, in your church. And so, you know, just thinking about, and this, this traditionally in church history is a big part of Lent, to think about the cost of sin, what Jesus took on. Um, so I, I hope that... Uh, Hope you'll join me in, in doing that over the next 40 days. And then, this is the big one we can start tonight, putting sin and idols to death. Okay, uh, Here is, and, and I thought of several folks in church, because uh, I've hung with them and lived with them. And, you know, our urge is, well, I've, I've got this need, and I can sin a little, and it'd be like a minor sin, mini sin, and I can still please God, even many sins. Or maybe I'll just say, I'm going to sin for a while, and then I'll go back to pleasing God. And just keep doing that over and over again. Uh, but what happens is those, those sins and those idols, they never leave. Uh, the best analogy I could give on this, and we've got some 
recent experience in our White House. Uh, you, got, you got mice in your house. Okay. How do you get the mice out? I was talking to Linda. She was in the, uh, she was in the White House yesterday. She was making copies for these four days of prayer. Ethan was there too. She picked him up. Oh, he had this bag of Doritos. He just, you know, and just like crumbs everywhere. And I'm like, he doesn't need to eat, he doesn't need to eat this. I've got ample proof of my kids eating candy and chips and everything in my office because we got a little, little mouse home in there, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, I ain't going to your office again. Trust me, I didn't go in there for a week, okay? <laughs> but how do you get mice out of the house? I know you set traps and everything. You starve them where they go elsewhere. How do you get the sin out of your life? Starve it. Don't leave the crumbs around. Don't put a, put a foothold in there for the devil. The biggest mistake we can make, well, I just sent a little. Uh, also, you can use it like, you know, well, I got my house, and if your life's a house, I'll keep one room dark. All the others are light, but the back corner room I can go into every now and then and do your thing. Sin's not going to be put to death. Sin always grows. Then, after putting sin on his death, replace these actions and attitudes with things that are pleasing to God. Uh, two, two, well, really three examples that I wanted to use. So let's say you love money. And um, there are people, I don't know if in Jackson, maybe they are in Jackson, but let's say I don't know, New York. or just, In your heart, you may love money even if you don't say it. But if you love money and you're trying to starve it, then my suggestion, my pastoral advice, if you have the love for money, if that's idle, then be even more generous with your money in giving it out. Okay? Um, Lust. If you love lust, if you're always having lustful thoughts, and you're married first. I'm going to get to if you're not married. But if you're married... Replace, love your spouse more and more, uh, emotionally, um, physically, um, conversationally. You know, that, is, that is where that needs to live and, and do it. So you're, not, you're like, well, that's, that's good. I'm not married. What's, what you got for me? And I love lust, you say. Uh, well, two steps, love God more. Uh, and become more disciplined about growing this loving relationship with the Lord. And then pursue some healthy relationships. I'm not necessarily talking about dating, even if that could lead to dating. But healthy relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ uh, that God can use and flourish. Replacing the sin with um, things that are pleasing to God. Be intentional about it. And these are steps, again, but they're, they're important, they're vital. Uh, and then most of all, and this covers everything, repent in light of the gospel. And I guess, actually, this would probably be most important. Because I could say repent and focus and, and the turning, but if our turning is based on, again, white-knuckle it. It's all based on my, my effort, my, my willpower. Those of us who consider ourselves having a strong will, um, it's not true gospel repentance. Uh, it has to include faith, faith and grace, the grace of God, but repentance 
and faith are like two sides of the same coin. Somebody wrote it that repentance and faith for the Christian are like the two wings of a bird flying to heaven. So you have repentance, but if you're all just like, well, I, I repent and, you know, I go back to it. I'm just going to just going to base it on my, my work, my effort. Or you can even say, and this is popular in, in Christian land, I'll repent, but I'm doing it to show you, God, that I'm repentant. Or I'm doing it to show others, hey, I'm giving this up. But you really aren't walking in faith and you're not relying on God's grace. So true repentance is to turn to God from sin. But the base of that, the source, is like I know God's given it all. I believe there's where the faith is. In that grace, I know God's covered it once. I know that grace is working in me now. I know he's given me everything I need to equip me to keep turning, to do these steps. And that's, that's true repentance. And if we're just, again, if we're either based on our efforts or based on, well, I've got to show God, I've got I to prove to God to remain a Christian, it's up to me. That's, that's just flying with one wing. That's just one side of the coin. It's this faith that, and you're like, well, what about faith? Faith in Jesus. Yes, but faith in God's given it all. He's giving it all right now. And, and to keep turning. And then I believe the turning gets easier. I believe the sin is starved. Uh, I believe the mice get out. But you've got to keep on doing that. You've got to stay, uh, stay handy with the tool, God's word. You've got to stay focused on the source and focused on the plan to be like Jesus. These are some steps, some thoughts. And now before we, uh, before we move in to this time, I want to do two things. One, I want to remind you. I want to remind you to consider, what do, I, what do I need to turn away from? What have I been really working on, my own effort, my own works, to give up, uh, to change? Uh, what, what do I need to give to Jesus? And in giving to Jesus, believe in Jesus takes it. Believe in Jesus takes it and, uh, and covers it and really change. And walk away here uh, new again. You're already new in Christ, but new again. And committed over this 40 days. And this is something I really, you know, I want to be, these 40 days we devoted to prayer in our church, 40 days of prayer. Uh, but this, this constant renewal of turning together from sin to Jesus I don't know what all that looks like for you. I know it looks like something. And I know together it would be much more powerful than even just a few individuals. Together, moving together in repentance by faith in the gospel. So, uh, the second thing I'm going to do, first remind you, secondly, um, maybe nobody will share, but I want to use an opportunity. Um, We're going to privately repent. Music will be playing. You can take a hammer. You can nail it. As we prepare our hearts uh, and uh, pray that uh, you would respond as the Lord leads you. Um, after the prayer, Tyler and, uh, and Trace will come up, lead us in one song that, where you can remain seated and uh, just be thinking. And if you are moved, uh, as, as I pray that you are, uh, you'll come up and, and write uh, you may be able to, there may be a card in your seat, but you, you write what God has told you that you need to start uh, tonight turning from. Uh, maybe you've turned from it before, maybe it really hadn't had real teeth, maybe in a couple weeks it's come back, 
maybe there are things that uh, people are saying that you're just harboring, uh, and maybe it's giving these people to the Lord. Uh, maybe it is uh, just something that you're pursuing, that uh, it is just something that is, is possessed you, and, and it's a created thing, and you just you, you, you feel like you need it. You're afraid to show desperation because we never want to look desperate, but in your heart, you're desperate for it, and you're giving it to the Lord, knowing that you, you may never get it, but also knowing you don't need it. As a Christian in Jesus, you don't need it. Um, that may be, again, um, a look, a job, uh, a person, uh, a way of life, uh, but you're giving it to the Lord. So think about that, and um, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to nail mine first, so you can just uh, go ahead and, and see that, and then we'll pray. So let's pray together. God, I pray for these people that are gathered here. Uh, at this time, I pray only for these people gathered here. I know that you're working us as a church family, but for those gathered here tonight who've heard your word, seen some of the things that you say in Scripture, I pray that they see uh, what needs to be seen in their heart and that they will turn from what needs to be turned from and turn to you and and give it to you and know that it, it is covered. Know that they are a child of God. And you're the, the giver of all, all things and all good gifts. And we'll provide as we continue on this, this journey uh, in this earthly life. I pray for us as a church body. So those who are not here, that we would walk together. Uh, and together we would turn more and more. Turning from the idols of our heart. Turning to you. And that we would see real gospel change in people's lives. And in the life of this church. Uh, where we know that we do nothing and it's all you and it's all your grace and we rejoice about that and we give you the glory and we say not only have you paid it all, you give it all and we just rely on that giving and that grace more and more as our sins and our idols are put to death, nailed to the cross because you were nailed to the cross and we claim that uh, with boldness and with humility tonight as we begin this journey to the cross but also uh, to Resurrection Sunday. So let us rise tonight uh, and rise and turn to you. In your name, Jesus, amen.